the most important thing that anybody can do is just make noise. South Carolina is big on, on wanting to cover cover things up. The murders happened four months ago. And two weeks after they happened, like, you know, it, it, it got real quiet. You couldn't hear anything. They, they, they're real good at making things go away. So we just need everybody out there to push to, you know, make noise for us because it's, it, we can't. We, we, it's, it's, it's not enough that we can do from in here. What gives you guys the information that you need to make the noise? Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. This update comes from Prison Legal News, which reported that the Canadian government recently announced a plan to re-establish prison farms that will include the slaughter of animals. A total of $4.3 million over five years was approved to restart dairy operations in Correctional Service Canada facilities in Kingston, Ontario. A Canadian nonprofit, Evolve Our Prison Farms, or EOPF, has announced opposition to the plan. EOPF advocates for the prisoners to be trained in a completely plant-based operation. According to EOPF founder Calvin Neufeld, quote, teaching prisoners to exploit and slaughter animals is neither therapeutic nor rehabilitative. A plant-based model would teach responsibility and empathy without the exploitation of animals, unquote. Neufeld also advocates for caring for animals based on a sanctuary model for prisoner animal therapy, instead of raising them for slaughter. EOPF suggested alternatives that would provide education, life skills, and job skills appropriate to reintegrating inmates into a society increasingly concerned with climate change, public health, and animal welfare. Frontlines of Justice reports that the men who were held in the security housing unit at Pelican Bay Prison in California and who won the battle against solitary confinement in that state have finally gotten a chance to confer with California Department of Correction staff for the first time. Even after a legendary legal settlement that formally ended indefinite solitary confinement in state facilities, many prisoners have been experiencing conditions very similar to those experienced in solitary. They have had extremely limited opportunities for socialization, and some have been deprived of all normal social interaction in so-called walk-alone status in the restricted custody general population unit. After a district court judge ruled that those conditions clearly violate the terms of the settlement, she ordered all parties to meet and confer about a solution. Four representatives of the plaintiff's class action met in person with Department of Corrections officials on August 21st to develop a constructive remedy for the problems. Dozens of guards and prisoners were rushed to the hospital in Ohio and Western Pennsylvania. Apparently, a series of overdoses with broader exposure to the opioid fentanyl are to blame. Unfortunately, prison administrators are also using the crisis as a pretext for shutting down communication with the outside world, including whole mail rooms, at a crucial moment inside U.S. prisons. The national prison strike is on its ninth day. Shutdowns have been confirmed in five Florida prisons, with new strike activity in Georgia, California, and Maryland's Jessup Prison. 
Prisoners at Wabash Valley Correctional Facility southwest of Bloomington have called a hunger strike, demanding an end to inadequate food and harshly uncomfortable temperatures. IDOC Watch has called for supporters to call Warden Richard Brown's office at 812-398-5050 to express solidarity with the hunger strikers. They argue that this is particularly important since administrators have already charged the hunger strikers with the crime of inmate demonstration slash work stoppage and have removed cameras from the pod, raising concerns of violence by guards. As part of a wave of noise demonstrations outside prison gates that's ranged from Brooklyn to Minneapolis to Oakland, dozens of people protested outside the Lee Correctional Institution on August 25th. Lee is at the heart of the national strike, since it was there, last April, that seven prisoners were killed in a riot. Survivors allege that guards fomented anger between rival groups of prisoners, and that allowed the riot to continue for hours in order to increase the number of prisoners killed. The mother of one of the victims, DeMonte Rivera, spoke contrasting the lack of official action during the riot with the heavy police presence at the demonstration by saying, quote, somebody needs to do something. Somebody's got to step up. The guards ain't doing their job. Look at all the security now. Where the hell they been at when they killed my son, unquote. The riot and its bloody results were well documented by surviving prisoners using smuggled cell phones. During an interview with Shadowproof, one prisoner had this to say about the role of phones, quote, South Carolina Department of Corrections, or SCDC's, main reason for not wanting the phones inside the prison system is because the phones got camera access, video access, and the phones can expose the things that they do. When they're using extreme force, the same way people are using cell phones out on the street when they're catching certain things cops aren't supposed to be doing and stuff like that, see, they can be exposed. They can't hide when we've got phones. The prisoners utilize phones in order to communicate with their family members. The phone system that SCDC has, the phone prices are entirely too high. Nobody would use that. They get money off it too, and everybody knows that. And prisoners use the phones as a means of staying connected to their families, fathers staying connected to their children. Some fathers back here are raising their children from prison by staying in contact with them. So. SCDC just wants the phones out of the prisons because they don't want to be exposed. They don't want videos of the fights and stabbings to be shown. There's other things prisoners are shooting videos of. They're showing videos of the brown water, they show videos of the mold inside the buildings, they show videos of the prisoners who've been dead in the bed for two hours and the guard ain't come and check on the man yet. So it's a fly on the wall for them. That's why they don't want them in here." Unquote. In response to the riot, a network of imprisoned organizers called Jailhouse Lawyers Speak called for the national prison strike both to fight against the deplorable conditions that exacerbated the prisoner-on-prisoner violence, but also to productively redirect anger toward collective action against the prison system. This week, we hear statements from two prisoners, J and C, who spoke to us from within the South Carolina prisons. They give us some insight into how prisoners in their area are participating in the strike in the form of commissary boycotts, and give statements of solidarity with prisoners in other facilities on strike. They give us information about the aftermath of the incident at Lee County Correctional, and we hear more about the conditions they face while on lockdown. As a matter of fact, I do uh, have some insight from the inside because, as you are aware, you may know that I am currently in the inside. I'm calling from the inside, the inside of the South Carolina Department of Corrections. And I just want to leave a message that in the state that I speak on the behalf of the state of South Carolina when I say that we stand in solidarity with the participating strikers. And not only here in the states, but, you know, a special thanks to those in Greece and the other international supporters um, as well. At the moment, you know, we're experiencing oppression at its worst as an attempt to repress our voices and quash our unity. We have been on 24-hour lockdown since what has transpired at Lee Correctional Institution um, back in April of this year. That right 
out there and that um incident was bad within itself, you know, and um uh we again our condolences goes out to those comrades. It was a very uh tough situation, a very bad situation to deal with, especially when um when you were close to individuals um that were, you know, affected the in the worst way. And so um we're still going through um going through those emotions with with that situation and and trying to uh, be sure that it don't happen again amongst ourselves, you know, even because we do not have the support uh, from um, uh, the the administration or, or the correction officers. They do not give us that support, so we try to to do it within ourselves, you know, and there's the lack of, of counseling, the lack of therapy, the lack of uh, anyone to speak to, you know, when situations like that occur or before they occur. So and the thing is, when you have a situation that big, or just not even that big, when you have a situation period, and then you you leave the same individuals or the ones who were close to the individuals affected around one another, then what do you expect to happen with, without you addressing the issue or the problem? So now you're leaving this boiling pot. It becomes a boiling pot, and it, and, you, and it boils over, and it boils over, and it boils over because you're not addressing the problem. All you're doing is you're trying to move the problem around and, or just lock the problem down for long extents of time and just and within your mindset saying, hey, we lock it down for a month or a year, it'll go away. That is not the way that you address the problem. You have to address the problem. You have you have to nip it at the bottom. You can't just start at the top. You have to go to the bottom of the problem in order to fix it. And the problem is that there is nothing to there is nothing for these individuals or there is nothing for individuals to do yet sit around one another all day with no help coming from anyone. So there there need to be things that um that the the state addresses as well to fix the situations. We have been on twenty four hours lockdowns. That means uh zero movement whatsoever. We're being fed late um in the nights. We're only receiving one shower a week. We're being denied uh cell cleaning, um, as well as clean drinking water, even when there are water advisories. Uh any inmate who attempts to participate in the strike is being placed on uh, in solitary confinement, uh, which is lock up on uh, sex. And uh, as a result, you know, that as what has been taking place since what's transpired at Lee and the fact that we have been on 24-hour lockdown without any cell um, movement whatsoever, uh, there has been a number of suicides and attempts. So the most recent one to take place at Broad River Correction Institution. So I just want to say that our condolences goes out to the families of the comrades who have been affected during these days of the strike um, as well as in wake of what transpired at Lee. And, you know, even though that we're unable to be involved physically because of the repression and the oppression that we're receiving and experiencing at this moment, that we're with the guys mentally and spiritually who are participating in the prisoner's strike. So I wanted to give us, we all wanted to tell everyone, thank you for supporting us, and we stand behind them at this time, you know, and we're behind everyone. We appreciate all the support that we're receiving. As far as the support that we can receive, you just having individuals to constantly contact and constantly, um, well, initiate the contact because no one's from back here is going to do it, and no one. And, and if you stop, and if it stops, then it's going to die down, and it's going to die down, and they're going to sweep it under the rug. And the, the thing that is taking place, they're doing is they're attempting to put it on uh, on cell phones as being the reason uh, for what has taken place. But that is that is 
totally the, the opposite is what's taking place. And the reason why I say because if you take the cell phone out of the system, then they have no idea of knowing what goes on back here, what transpires. And um, and it's really not the, uh, the cell phones. The cell phones have never been the cause because you have individuals who, and like myself, who wake up every day. And when you wake up every day to video your daughter and you brush your teeth with your child and before they go to bed, you tell them stories and, and you lay down and go, that the cell phones have never been the reason. The cell phones are to stop the outside from knowing what goes on and the conditions of what's going on. So if the, if, the, if the outside supporters can continue to just call in and, and request to know the status and what is going on, you know, actually stay on them and make them answer the questions that you guys desire to know. Because if you look, if you take a closer look back here, there's not one rehabilitating uh, program in the individual back here. There is zero rehabilitation. So we wake up every day just to go to sleep. There's nothing else outside of doing that. So that that is what the support we need is to get things that um that can actually help instead of them trying to suppress what takes place back here. So again I just wanna uh, thank everyone for um for participating in the prison strike. I wanna again give thanks for everyone who is supporting us and the comrades and the struggle because we're really feeling it right now. We're 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 really feeling it right now from the, the lack of cleaning materials, from them not washing our clothes to us not being able to leave ourselves. We are really feeling it right now. So the most that they can do is give prayers. Uh, people send our prayers and, and constantly contact them to know why we're in the situation and in the predicament that we're experiencing at this moment. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't got you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Holy so much I know this stuff. Um, the yards are basically being, you know, still, you know, locked down. And, you know, I guess for security reasons, they're afraid that, you know, not necessarily the strike is is the issue, but the retaliation from whatever happened at the Lee County Institution. As far as the strike goes, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, they a lot of guys want to strike, and of course the yards are locked down, so the only ones that can strike is the kitchen workers. Now, what SCDC has done over the past few years, you know, they've been um, They've already been preparing for these type situations, you know, as far as the, the striking goes. So what they did is they created these uh, quote-unquote programs. And in these program dorms, you know, they're never locked down or the doors don't get locked, things of that nature. So it's kind of like a privilege that, you know, nobody wants to really lose. They even have a, a, a program yard, you know, this is at the Perry Institution where the entire yard you know, are like lifers, you know, some with parole, some without parole. And the focus is what they kind of promise the guys is that, you know, they stay disciplinary free for a certain amount of time and after, after that they will be able to go back in front of the judge for reconsideration of the time and, you know, possibly, you know, get a time cut, uh, you know, get the life sentence converted back to, you know, some numbers. So they kind of like got it to where people are almost afraid to take those steps as, you know, towards the strike. They knew about the strike, you know, months ahead of time, you know, 
they, they talked to me about it since last year, even before the, 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 the riot happened at Lee County, because we had one in 2016 where, you know, they already, you know, they were prepared. So what they do is they threaten you with these, these privileges that you have, you know, so you're kind of reluctant to, to speak it out against them. And, and that's the situation here in South Carolina. You know, most of the people, you know, going on hunger strikes and things like that, you know, a lot of people are already fatigued from, you know, the 120-something day lockdown where, you know, they weren't, they wasn't getting canteen anyway, um, or they wasn't getting uh, the proper food. You know, sometimes the food is crap, man. They, they, people, you really don't want to eat it, to be honest. And, um, you know, so they hold these, these, these things as leverage, you know, over us. As far as the level two camps go, a lot of those guys are kind of like short timers. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand, like, you know, they don't want to really step in the way. The level one camps are definitely not going to strike. Uh, and that's the separation they put between us. You know, a lot of other prisons, like, they don't, South Carolina has designed it where, you know, they can contain uh, a lot of the situations when it comes to level twos and, and ones. You know, the level threes really don't have a say-so or anything, so they, they, they could care less about, you know, sending out the search team or the strike team or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be when it comes to things like that. But I, I just wanted to, to put on record that South Carolina, we, we appreciate the love and support of, you know, the other states and uh, the other countries that's participating in the strike and had the yard been up, we would have total support, full participation. You understand what I'm saying? These guys, they're, they're beat down. You know, they're, uh, you know, they're starving. Uh, you know, they get beat on, you know, almost on a, a, a regular basis, you know, because they're seeking out and they, 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 they lashing out because they want to come out the rooms. And the facilities, uh, you know, they're handling these guys kind of, you know, they handle them harshly, you know what I mean? So, we, we, we definitely appreciate the guys that's putting their lives out there, and we, we appreciate the guys that's, that's standing behind us strongly, you know what I'm saying, fighting for these changes, even though, you know, we're not actually, that we can't actually participate in a full-on no-work strike. We are striking the commissary and the, you know, the canteen and things of that nature. We're not spending no money with the, with the state. We're trying to encourage everybody to do it. That's our way of getting on board, you know what I'm saying? We don't wanna we don't wanna help them at all, you know. We don't in any kind of programs that they have as far as us spending our money, our family sending them money and things like that, we're trying to cut that short. What I wanted to put on record is that South Carolina basically specializes in punishment, you know. There's no sort of rehabilitation whatsoever, especially for level three camps. You know, level three camps will be the most the highest level of security or whatever the case may be. And these are the guys that locked down the most, uh, not necessarily the most violent, you know, they, they was classified at this level for whatever, you know, however the classification process works. But the governor mentioned that the riot happened because you put the animals together and, and you know, sometimes you got to, you know, this is how the animals react. And in, in, in response to that statement, they expect the worst of the worst to live together not have these situations happen. You know, they put a murderer and a murderer in the room and they expect no murders to happen. You know what I mean? This this is what they claim that 
you know, the guys are, we the worst of the worst. You know what I mean? You, you expect a, a rapist to go in the room with a murder, and, and either somebody's getting raped or somebody's getting murdered. And that's not the case. South Carolina, we don't, you know, we, we try to refrain from any kind of violence towards each other, you know, and uh, we know that the, the, the situation at Lee County was bad, but that's not just to speak for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the state. We don't we don't really lash out at each other like that. You know, you got personal uh, situations where a guy may get into an altercation with another guy. That's going to happen. It's going to happen around the world, not just here in South Carolina. But what they're trying to do is they they put everybody together in these one man cells. You got two men in one man cells. And they expect us to get along and follow the rules and, you know, be obedient and whatever the case may be. And for the most part, we, we've been doing that. You know, we, we, we've been learning to cope with the man of, uh, of the same, of the same nature, if you will. Like, you know, I, I live in a room with a murderer, you know, an alleged murderer, excuse me. I, I'm in here for murder, but they expect us to not have an altercation and, uh, or whatever the case may be, whatever psychological games that they play with us, you know, we, we decided that we're going to get along. We're going to make it work. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, there's a lot of things that he, he may do that I don't like and a lot of things that I may do that he don't like. But at the end of the day, we, we deal with it, and that's what we do. You know, it's, it's been going on for, for, for the last nine years, and, and that's around the state. They paint us out to be animals and, and, and all of this. And, and, and it boils down to the time. There's no hope. You know, you got some people here for 20 years, and you know, and they get out, and they they know they're getting out. You know, they could be getting out in the next few months, next few weeks. However, when they get out, then then what? They don't have anything. You know, we got people that's uh, you know, that's, that's been down for 20 years, and this man's going to get out. He's going to be destitute. He's going to get out with absolutely nothing. No money for transportation. No money for housing. No money for clothing, and you know, and they expect these guys uh, a burglar to go back home destitute with absolutely nothing, and then not survive when he gets there. Everyone here doesn't have family. You know, everyone here doesn't have uh, a family with the means of supporting them as far as, far as finances go. And then they, on top of that, you know, you got a man that's in prison that that, that can't earn any money for himself. He has to pay a medical copay, you know, every time he goes to medical for whatever reason, a toothache or uh, just to get his blood pressure checked. They charge him uh, anywhere from 15 to $20 per visit. You know, the man already don't have any money. I mean, you, if he decides to, uh, if he does get any money, you're going to take most of that. So it's, 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 it's just, oh, man, I can't even explain it, the, 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 the anguish they 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 put on you when, when you think about these things, like, it's, it's, it's depressing. And, and this is what we're dealing with back here, you know. As I said, like, they, they all, they all they do is specialize in punishment. They don't, they don't give us any hope whatsoever. And, um, and, and again, I want to say that I appreciate everyone. We appreciate everyone that's out there that's trying to help us and trying to push the agenda to, to, to change, to reform the, the entire prison system, not just here in South Carolina, but everywhere. I hear the Mississippi is, is pretty bad, and, and, and our hearts go out to those guys. And California is taking measures and steps to, you know, change a little bit. Um, I hear the um, the governor of uh, New York is doing taking measures to, you know, change Rikers Island a little bit, you know, make it better, or 
not necessarily better, but make it, you know, rehabilitative. You know what I mean? Like if people are going home. We're going back into society, and we don't want, you know, to be in the same mindset. I don't think any man does. Mm-hmm. You know, for whatever reason, somebody got killed, uh, whatever incident may have occurred for them to land themselves in prison, I don't think that's the same situation they want when they get out. No, nobody wants that. You know what I mean? I, I don't. I don't want to ever be in another situation like this. You know, I'm sure my my, my roommate or the guys that I live with uh, in here, they don't want to deal with that. So when we talk about rehabilitation, we, we're trying to figure out what they need because if you're sitting in a room for 24 hours with nothing to do, where's the rehabilitation coming in at? Like, it's, it's no reading. You know, it's, there's, there's no kind of uh, vocational programs, and there's definitely no. No, no, no programs to give you any skills when you get out. Most of the guys back here don't even know how to fill out an application if they were to get out of here today. You know, don't even know how to write a resume. And, and these skills are very much needed in, in, in the prison system. Now, Lee County actually came up like a, a few days after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how that happened, but they, they allowed them to come up. But the... The rest of the prisons, you know, um, they, they remain down, and then they let um, the Perry Institution up, you know, because I said as I said, they are a program yard, so they're not expecting them to, to do anything that's uh, harmful to themselves, you know, because you know they got something to look forward to. But yeah, we've been down like uh, it, it's been horrible. <laughs> it's been horrible. And some of the dorms, you know, they've been taken out. Um, they have no chair. They have no table to write on or eat on. They have no lockers to put their personal belongings in. You know, so it's just a, a room with a bunk bed, two mats, and a whole bunch of property all over the place. And, and that's the prison in itself. And on top of that, they come and they put these big plates over the window, so there's no natural daylight coming inside the room. It, it's worse than being a, a dog, if you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's horrible. Yeah, the conditions here are very messed up. Putting steel plates over the windows. So, like, yeah, it's no looking out. You know, and, and the windows that's not covered with the plates, they sandblast them. So you can't look out the window anyway. So, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. Like I said, they are, uh, uh, it's been 100, over 120 days. 24-7, you know, the guys have been locked down and there has been no counseling to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, you, you get a, a few of the chaplains around the state or a couple of the uh, institutions, and they'll go around and, you know, they'll offer some prayer or whatever. Uh, but most guys, you know, the praying part is over with. No, nobody really wants to interact with, you know, the chaplain because he has no power to do anything other than, you know, speak to you based on religion. I, I don't I don't think anybody wants to discuss religion right now. It, it's hard, and it, it's terrible for us. So... I just wanted to get that out. The most important thing that anybody can do is just make noise. South Carolina is big on wanting to cover cover things up. The murders happened four months ago. And two weeks after they happened, like, you know, it, it, it got real quiet. You didn't hear anything. They, they, they're real good at making things go away. So we just need everybody out there to push to, you know, make noise for us because it's we can't. We, we, there's, there's not enough that we can do from in here, but give you guys the information that you need to make the noise. So if you can, just just make a whole bunch of noise. We need to get rid of our director of prisons. 
Mr. Sterling, he has to he he, he definitely has to go. Our governor is uh is horrible. Um it's just you know, they they have no sense of direction, if you will. You know, they 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 don't know they're they're behind from their, their faces. So we just need everybody out there to, to make noise, to you know, continue to support us. We we, we really need it. You know, um, me, I myself, I try to uh, talk to as many guys as I can to keep them sane, but I can't do it all myself. So if, if anybody out there that you know anybody that's in prison, here in the South Carolina Department of Corrections, write them letters, send them pictures, do whatever you can to keep their minds off of these white walls uh, and and, and that's, that's basically all I can ask, you know, that's, that's all I can ask, man, it's, we need it. This has been KiteLine. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. We also encourage your feedback. You can email us at KiteLine at WFHB.org. Are you or someone you care about affected by the prison system? You can call us to tell your story or to record a message to a loved one behind bars at 812-269-2512. You can support our efforts and the prisoners we connect with through our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash radio, Or you can subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. WFHB, its contributors, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions shared on the show. Please join us every Friday at 5.30 p.m. for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.